Welcome to the Solution, a real estate podcast where we get on here. My name is Phil Sexton. My name is Jeff Seabach. And we get on here once a week and we talk about how, what different ways we can really bring the consumer first in our industry. Oh, and if this one isn't putting the consumer first, I don't know what it is. This topic, actually, the wonderful name and, of it. And I think we're going to be more focused on more exact, because at least recently, the start off the year, just because things were slower, we, we were throwing a lot of realtor tips, and now we're going to get into things about really how we can improve this industry and how we can put the consumer first and... I, this, think, I mean, well, this first is, we got to get the we got to get the ideas out there. We got to get the understanding because when, when I talk to agents, when we talk to elite agents, they were not aware. They aren't aware of what's happening in the industry yes. and on national level. On national because a level. lot of elite agents, they are too busy with their head down working on their business, looking for houses, well, looking for hot, listings. Right, we're selling houses. You got to focus on that. We got to mm-hmm. focus on that. But sometimes, um, I'm going to go with the late great. Awesome, Louis Merlino. Oh, Grandpa Louis. Grandpa Louis, right? Sorry to make you, you know, tear up, but Grandpa Louis. Well, I need. I feel like I need Jack Daniels. Well, we're no, talking but about we Grandpa need. Louis. We need. We need the. We need the peanuts guy up here. Almond sign. No, what? The peanut sign. What does it say? I don't know what sign you're talking about. He had a quote where if you look at, you can't see. Oh, what, what was it? Look up. Look up. Yeah. Look the up. problem with the world is that when you're looking or when you're walking down the street and you got your head down to make sure you don't trip, you're staring at the gutter, you're staring at the cracks, you're staring where all the dirt of society is. And if you looked up, you get to see the clouds and the trees and the beautiful sky. And if everybody would just look up when they walked around more, that would solve all the world's problems. That was my grandpa's Louis take as he then sipped his Jack Daniels. Yes. yes, yes and he would tell you to think about it. Yes. You think about that. Well, I mean, I, I, I likened that quote from the late, great Louis Merlino only because we can get just focused on looking on, on our current transaction, on our current problems. Yes. And not see what's ahead of us. Right. Like similar, not. The yeah. Different, though, no, similar. it's interesting. It's kind of like uh, the blockbuster, right? Where you're if you're not looking up to see that the net is coming, maybe you're not making decisions in your business. The net. The Netflix, the oh, real estate, oh, the internet. Oh, it's right? funny because like, I was what, thinking, I, I I was thinking the internet. <laughs> agreed. The internet yeah. is what I meant. Yeah. That's where Netflix came from. Is knowing that the internet was what's what's coming, even though they started with mail. Yeah. All right. right? Good anyway, well, let's get to it. Look up because that's what we're talking about today. True. Is here's what we see coming, and there's clues on what's coming. So today's topic, which if you're listening to the podcast, you saw the title already, but it is how the current lawsuits against NAR will impact how us realtors get paid in the future. Yes. Yes. I mean, to me, we're not going to spend a lot of time going through all the details. I mean, for those that want to do some reading on the internet, the one was Merrill versus NAR, which was put out, you know, the, 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 the lawsuit by the DOJ is what we're talking about. And so the DOJ against NAR? The DOJ against NAR. The Department they, of Justice. The Department of Justice, right? Like just sues NAR. Sues NAR. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I mean, big stuff that, right. you know, and and it's more of what is a sign when you, because the thing is, is now we're seeing more, you know, two more lawsuits come out and three more lawsuits come out. And we're not going to get into talking about all of them, but it's clear that realtors are under attack for underperforming against their amount they're getting paid. 
just as a general sense. And okay. that's where we're at with this is that it is clear that all if we were going to sum up the what I see in the lawsuits is there's people feel that we're not transparent. No question. We I heard mean, that yesterday. Oh, I, we Phil and I interviewed a, a, a consumer out of West uh, Weston, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. West Virginia? No, 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 no. <laughs> Weston? No, from the East Coast. Yes, from the East yes. Coast. An and asset manager. Sell, and he said, home selling is, it's so difficult. It's so not transparent. And to hear a, just a random consumer talk about, because we think it's pretty easy. We're in it. We handle it every We're day, right? Yes. But the, that maybe that is why we are in the low supply environment, that it's not transparent, that it's not easy to buy and sell. And then on top of it, what the lawsuits are talking about is that it's too expensive to move. Because they don't. All right, I'm going to say that in a different way. I'm because I think what the lawsuit the lawsuit didn't say it's too expensive to move. I think the lawsuits is the lawsuits seem to be wrapped around the concept of cobrokes and how cobrokes are disclosed or how cobrokes are well, like the, like what who pressures the cobra whether that cobra has to exist or fair, not. Fair like, enough, but Le leader came out and flat out said, it, "You charge us too much for the service we received." Got it. So and that's why I, I called it expensive. One of the lawsuits specifically said that it was leader versus uh, filed in the same court. It came out after the first one because that's what the hard part is, is it, it opens up this. And then there's I mean, because you're talking about commissions paid for services received. They were talking about that realtors call it. I work You're. I'm free to you. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. Right, right. We don't right, say that. Right, but yes. a leading to you mean a buyer's agent that says that a buyer's agent to try to get clients will say free. You offer use the word free as right. their level so of service. So that's going to be even though that's not a language, right? right? But the, but it but then that and it already but, was. But the new one alludes to that the client did not receive the value for what they paid in their mortgage for the commission that was paid to the their representing agent. So the buyer's agent didn't do a job that was good enough to receive whatever right. the And I'm not was. talking details. So let's okay. just say right, that right, the right. buyer's let's say the buyer's agent got a check for $22,000. Yeah. I'm just pulling and a number the, out of a hat. Yeah. And the buyer said I didn't receive $22,000 worth the services for that agent. Right. I'm 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 yes. generalizing. I'm, but but that's what's under attack. That's what's under attack. So our conversation for for today is um that we're trying to raise the bar. Okay. Right? Like we're actually trying to improve the quality of realtors and to point out that the that I mean maybe this is why the consumer views us as not as 58 in, in the ranking of who they trust or not is because they it's how to deliver value above, right? Because that's what we're trying, we want to do is we want to deliver value above what we get paid. Right. What do you think? No, I I am, um, I see, I mean, in preparation for this podcast, just during the conversations that you and I have, it is, and the conversations that we're having with our team now is more geared around, don't 
don't be surprised if buyer broker agreements become more popular. Well, I, I don't think my opinion is just in looking at all this is going on that um, buyers like sellers now are going to have to fight for their commission. They're going to explain because that's where they were leading to is they're like, you you know, as a seller, you have to articulate your value to that seller in what's called a listing appointment. And the buyer was like, I didn't have it yeah, the outlined. There was no appointment before to explain what I'm going to do. Why the buyer had to add that $22,000 to their mortgage for the services that they, yes. that they received. Yes. And right. it's super hard in today's environment because they don't want to give you the time. Who? The buyer. Because everything's now online because we're now in a consumer driven. And they're like, because if you're like, hey, can we go to coffee to talk about, because that's when you would get a buyer broker signed, right? You'd, you'd sit them down separate from the houses to explain your value proposition. Dossier of yeah. your what skill you sets and what you're going to do, right? Yeah. But the, the challenge is because now the consumer just wants, because the, because unfortunately, I heard it said yesterday, and it's so true, is 20 years ago, it was buyer, agent, house, and now house and agent flip-flopped. Because now it's buyer, house, agent. Mm. And that role reversal is... Uh, causing a lot of lawsuits out there because not like it was very clear before because you couldn't get into the houses. Yeah, I had to go through the agent. Yeah, and the agent actually had to work harder because they had to go to a book to find the house. Not their phone. <laughs> not a, yeah. No, now the consumer has it right yeah. like that. But I just thought that that was a good so like if you're fast forwarding on where this is going, obviously this is all speculation. Who knows where this is going to end up? Yes. But in trying to see what's happening with the legal world, which really is what ends up writing the rules that we all get to follow. Yes. Right? The, like I mean, the see, laws. Yes. Yeah. The legal uh, world. When lawyers start to talk to other lawyers at different companies, that's when laws change. Yes. And to see what's happening and what's being brought up in these lawsuits is why now we're thinking, oh man, it'll be interesting to see how long the existing structure lasts before we see significant change. Right, right. And I mean, and, it's speculation, and, but one of your points that I like that I don't know that you've made yet this, today is it's interesting that the buyer's agent, regardless of experience or value or skill set, gets a guaranteed commission amount no matter what they do. We just know that that, I mean, I'm not coming out and saying I'm agreeing with anything, but it's kind of odd because I don't see that in any other business that no matter how, because you know my my thing, this is not talking about this specifically, but are, you, I, are we going to talk about the Suns again? No, is we're this gonna, about the Phoenix Suns no, and when you get paid more, when you do better? You get paid more when you do better. Yeah. But in real estate, no matter what you do, you as long as you were there mm. and you did something, you get paid as much as someone that did better. And I think that that is where I want to focus our energy because that is, it makes sense that it realigns itself with the rest of the world because the current structure is rewarding people for not, maybe not completing the, you know, because 
how many hours does a typical real estate transaction take? Let's ask the field, right? So how many hours do you spend with a client working on a file for them as a buyer's agent? Let's go with oh, as JB, a, as a J, buyer's JB agent. Uh, it, it all depends on how well qualified the buyer is and how good the, the market is. And I mean, it's, it, okay, well, I, I've, I've, I've closed one in a day. I've closed one in a day and others have taken me over 90 days. Um, and showing houses every other weekend in order to get them to perfect. Oh, wow. You're better than me. Cause sometimes I've worked for people for three and four years and didn't sell them the house. Well, we're, we're a vacation destination, right? Like we work with the people that come here from Seattle for a month, a year. So it takes three years, <laughs> but you're still but doing yeah. work for them, right? Yes. But, but was, okay. So JB, just to help us frame it up, what do you think is the least amount of hours that you worked with a buyer in from beginning to end? I want to hear that one day story. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. I got a call from someone who said, um, I put your name down. I'm buying a new construction house. I put your name down as my agent. What do you need to do? And literally that was it. Well, can I have that marketing campaign? Yeah, that's the magic postcard. <laughs> well, it was someone that I'd spoken to in the past, so they weren't completely unfamiliar, but okay, yeah. so, so when we say five hours, then you've spoken to them in the past. How many times did you speak with them? Oh, I mean, they, they were part of a drip campaign, but honestly, I, I talked to him probably, I don't know, three times and yeah, three to five hours of work. All right, we'll go with five. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so Thanks. on the little, and then what we're looking for then, so JB, what Carlos was, is raising his hand. All right, Carlos, what about you? Um, an hour. An hour. Wow, on okay. the low. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, they showed up to that open house that we talked about a few days, a few times ago, and they wanted the house. So it was like, I just called and introduced myself and that was it. You didn't go to the inspection review? Um, no. You didn't go to the appraisal? No. You didn't go to the signing? Uh, well, uh, signing is what? Like the contract? <laughs> yeah, the title company. Oh, no, no, no. It's still an escrow. You know, it takes here at least seven to eight weeks to close here. Oh, it hasn't closed yet. Okay. But, so okay, you're not but how many hours? So but I mean, but I'm going to count those hours as well. But the rest the rest of my clients, the, the others? Ooh. No, but no, we're talking about the hours inside of the entire transaction. Right. So I'm talking about just, total hours before yes. and then after it's under contract and when it closes. And because we don't get paid. You don't, I've had clients. In Texas, do you get paid before it closes? No. Okay, good. All right. So how many, yeah, no, how, how many there's hours? some clients that I've worked with for, I mean, months and months and months and showed 20, 30 homes. Right. Yep. Yeah. I know, but how many hours? I'm still looking for the answer to this question, please. How many hours does it take you from On when you sign? Because the thing is, I like JB's example because with a new home, you're they're not doing much. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you upload it to SkySlope or whatever it is, but. So, in the, but in the real sale, the minimum is probably how many hours do you spend typically on a file, Carlos, from beginning to end, once it goes under contract until it closes, roughly? 12 to 15 hours. Okay, good. 12 to cool. 15 hours. Nice. All right, good deal. So then your one hour is really, in my opinion, will go at 16. Fair. Okay. All right. So, all right. But then on the high side, on the high side, what's the amount of hours? What's the most? And we'll go to other people out there. What's the... What's the most amount of hours that you individually have spent with a client? I got one. Her name is Tracy Christ. Christ. She was my tenant. 
I showed her 170 properties over two and a half years. So uh, I don't know if that's the high water mark, but we were out a good, I don't know, what's the half an hour per showing, right? So that's probably, we're talking, let's go with 200 hours. Is yeah. that fair? Sure. I mean, yeah. Right. Like, because there's searches and like maybe three, you know, and like, yeah, we'll go, we'll go 250 hours. Okay. Does anyone think that they spent more than 250 hours with someone to most people fire their clients before they get to 250 hours is my guess. No, but I want to ask the crowd who else is out there. That's an awful lot. I got up to a hundred with one seller. Okay. 100. With a seller. Different side. So, I mean, with one, no, sorry. Sorry. With one buyer. Oh, buyer. Okay. okay. Who else? He ended up none. Jenna, Jessica, Nate Hodges, Jameis Jameis. Is it Regan or Reagan? Who's the guy? It's Reagan. All right, Reagan. What's the most amount of hours you worked on a with a buyer or a seller? I feel like I've had you know fifty plus hours. 50 plus, I think is totally, that, yeah. totally doable. I'm not surprised. Yeah. By that answer. I mean, 200 is, 250 yeah. is obviously that is a lot. Okay, That's a lot. totally doable. Okay. Right. So here's, thank you, Reagan. Thank you, Reagan. Thank you so much. Okay. So now you're taking your calculator out. I'm taking my calculator out and I'm going to take 22,000. Okay. And I'm going to divide it by the amount of hours. 50? Which one, what number are you well, going to use? I'm going to first go 22,000. Divided by 250, which okay. is the most. Uh, divided uh, by 250. That's $88 an hour I made. Okay, $88 an hour on, on that. that. And it's funny because oddly enough, Tracy Chris bought a house around $670. I which don't want to talk about commission amounts. But, 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 but she, but, we don't even but, need to but, talk about it's amazing. We're, we're just talking about earning $22,000. $22,000. So I made $88 an hour. Because nothing that we talked about with the audience today was about what the price of how it changes with Great. the price of the house. All right. yeah, it's it doesn't just matter. talking yeah. about okay. a transaction. All right. All right. Okay. So now if JB, who had the, um, sorry, I didn't mean to let my phone ring. Um, if JB's, would have been, he got paid 20 uh, one hour say, total jb no he didn't have one did well you i mean there were, um, i did go to the inspection i did go to the signing i did so yeah five make it even 10 hours but oh yeah we'll go with 10 we'll go with 10 all right we'll go yeah. with 10 with the minimum 10 but, with the minimum. but then that, put the same twenty two thousand, and yeah it works out to twenty two hundred dollars an hour twenty two hundred dollars an hour okay, okay good deal were you were you really that much better on that for that client? Totally, <laughs> totally, yeah. Okay, right, but that's isn't when that isn't that interesting when uh, you look at it that way? That's the crazy part about our industry, right? Because that because when you when you apply for a job, you usually make a salary, and, and but the, the challenge about our job, I I want to hear someone articulate why they should deserve that. Like, what? How do you explain that? Why, when like, oh, you're going back out to the field. I, I, I've explained this. You're going to the field. I'm going to the field. I've explained this, and I, I feel like I came up with a legit way to justify it. So, is legit meaning so you can sleep at night, or legit meaning you get your clients to agree with you? I got the client to be like, okay, okay I, I just wondered what, right, what legit yeah. meant. All right. While, well, well, hold on. You guys think about think about the answer to this. And I'm going to get water. Why you, do you let's think take it? a quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back. Okay. 
Are you an agent in the Phoenix metro area looking to join an elite team to help expand your business to the next level? Agents that apply our strategies grow their business by an average of 300% in their first year with the CBOC team. If you're interested in learning more about our leads, training, and marketing strategies, visit cboc.com careers today. That's S-I-B as in boy, B as in boy, A-C-H dot com slash careers. And now back to the solution. Okay, and welcome back to The Solution, a real estate podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're talking about how the NAR, the lawsuits against NAR are going to potentially change, could possibly change how we get paid in the future. And I'm here, Phil Sexton, with my co-host, Jeff Seabach, and I'm just doing my best to ramble for a good 30 seconds because I know that's about how long it takes for him to fill up his water bottle. And before we went to break... He posed the question to the audience. And Jeff, do you want to repeat the question that you posed to the audience? Yes. How do you justify? Did you guys see that? I nailed that, by the way. Did you see that? Okay, cool. Well, because there, I mean, how do you justify making 2200 I mean, $2,200 an hour. hour, How many jobs out there are there to earn $2,200 an hour? 18. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. No, but J- just JB, how did you, how would you explain that to somebody if they said to you, if your client said to you, JB, you're made, you know, you're going to work 10 hours. They don't ask you this, but it just, it's a good exercise of what, what would you articulate that you, how you deserve that much money? Well, um, the way you normally do it is you say that when you take on a client, you don't always know. Sometimes I will be working with a client for months, six months or, or longer. Um, other times we'll find the perfect house and and uh, lightning will strike and it will all work out. Um, my fee is fixed based on the transaction, not on the number of hours. And um, if we can make it work, uh, that's great. And I'll you know I'll throw some of my commission towards um, helping you out with an air conditioning unit or whatever. Um, and that's how I will sort of justify it. But yeah, I. I use the, the law of averages. I don't know how long it will take to find the perfect Good, answer. let's get somebody else. That was great, I loved it. Yeah, nicely done. Shimono, come on, baby. How do you justify your commission? So while you're looking for your mute button, Michael. Uh, okay, here he is. boy. he's a sharp fella. <laughs> Sorry, I was on the phone with a lender trying to listen to both. So you guys are saying, so justifying it's cool. I got the broker texting me at the same time too. So I, I was just pointing out that sometimes we can make up to a thousand, two thousand dollars an hour. So how do you justify that for the client that you um, make that much money for? Sometimes you make that much money. Yeah. Period. I'll be honest. Fortunately, that's never came up. I've never had anybody question um, what I've done, so I've never had to have that argument. Um, um, again, my easiest transaction was a phone call on a Wednesday, show three homes on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday, or phone call on a Monday, show three homes on a Wednesday, and then $18,000 paycheck three weeks later. So that was my easiest transaction. And that was a broker. He was actually, uh, used to be a mortgage broker and a realtor in California. And he never even questioned it. So did you go, or did you go to the inspection? <laughs> yeah, I did everything. So I was okay. at the inspection. Did you I, go to the, did you meet the appraisal? <laughs> did you show up at the signing? Okay. Yeah, I did all that actually. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was not an easy one to negotiate actually too, because we did have a lot of scary things come up on the inspection. Um, so it was a lot of work within it. Um, okay. Within let me ask, th- thank you for okay. that. What? That's ahead. so funny. 
I mean, my question to you guys and to the audience, I think, is about what this what this topic is today. And that is, do we think like in this conversation, do we think that there's a chance that how we get paid could change in the future? I'm going to take the 100 percent certainty that, yes, once it's transparent, how much the because when the transparency changes, because right now. MLS is not required to disclose how much money you make to the to the buyer. That's what actually got changed. I, I know, got, but that, it's not out there yet. So this right, is it hasn't why, rolled out. But that's, right, I'm just saying NAR did settle their lawsuit, from what I understand. And they said they're going to make it more, and they're going to make that change where the buyer well, broker commission will be disclosed to the client. Right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on the word transparent because they right now through IDX they make it transparent who the listing agent is. Oh, but yet the the call to actions above the fine print of who the listing agents still win. Right. Got it. Right. 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 I'm talking about when it but but even that oh, even that think? alone by making it my buyer's agent is getting paid because the I want I don't know I didn't look at the lawsuit but are they going to put a percentage or are they going to put the amount of number out there because when they see that number percentage. I I think that that's going to have a well, but is that, do you think that they're going to Hey guys, hey guys yeah. I just want to point out we've, uh, our MLS has been showing buyer and seller agent commissions for over a year now. And they showed us percentages. On the nice. internet? Yes. On Zillow? Yes. On what page? If, I mean, it's, it's on the MLS. And so how many scrolls? Is, like, no, on the MLS, a... hold on, time out, time out. Our MLS shows it to us. I'm talking about to the client. I mean on Zillow. Right. So, so when our I, MLS shows it. And give me it a property public. address. I want to look it up. I want there's, to see. There, there's no way that your MLS. You're. You mean on Zillow? I can see what the seller is paying the realtor. Give me an address, JB. We're gonna let. We're not gonna check it right now. But if they do that, that's awesome. Good on them. Yeah, here in the state of Texas, it's. I don't know. But here in the state of Texas, in the contract, it shows how much the buyer's agent is getting. Not ours. Does ours? No. At the closing table. I know. He said in the contract. No, on the contract, not during the negotiations. Not on the contract. It shows you, two point, like for me, you know, I'm a buyer's agent. It shows 2.5% to the cooperating broker. That's what the number is. Yes. Right. I, 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 to me, uh, to me though, it's, uh, it's also hard when you're, at the contract stage to negotiate it. It's different when you're negotiating, because you know that I like to present things before we get to the but wait, I don't want to I don't want to get too far off of this topic before I before I mention because we talked about the word transparency. Do you think is there anybody out there that thinks that there's going to be a day when referral fees will be a part of the transparency? Jeff put his hand up. I how is it not? Because I mean, one of my new bugaboos is, is, I mean, it's just a question I like to ask is IDX transparent truly because Zillow says that they're the most consumer centric, but yet they don't disclose that they're getting a referral fee. And I just don't know, is that something that should referral should be included fees, in the word transparency or not? Right, right. Like, right. how are we going to define the word I, transparency? Right. If we're exactly how truly, because if it's if we're talking to JB, does your system show that if you're paying an outside commission to somebody else, is that not until the settlement statement? That's, right. The settlement statement doesn't because the broker handles it after. 
Oh. I, I actually, it actually shows up in the settlement statement, but does not show up before the transaction is closed. So yeah. if you look if at the you, settlement, if you have to pay a referral fee, I send you a deal to Seattle. Yep. Hopefully soon. Right, JB? Thank you. Hopefully soon. <laughs> Thank you again. Right? Well, I mean, I see you every week. It makes sense. We used we to were... send deals to Texas, but then it snowed. Sorry, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have pipes that are protected, right? Like, we can't have people moving to Texas. <laughs> uh, too soon. But JB, too would soon. it be disclosed that you have to pay me what, if, you if you chose to accept a commission referral agreement to me, would that show up in your system that the client would see that at the closing table? It would. It, it, um, I, I put it in, in the um, uh, payment summary. I suppose what you could do is have your broker just pay it out of my commissions in a separate agreement, but I choose to put it in the transaction yeah, in the, nice. uh, the rest of the settlement. I, I think that the, um, the point isn't how it's done now. It's what is disclosed to the buyer ahead of time and what is transparent to what they can negotiate, what they can't. Because on another level of it, if we're talking about changing some pretty big established policies, which is really what we're discussing. Yes. One of the pretty big established policies that we haven't mentioned on is how much can that buyer agent contribute that commission to his client? Well, and the transparency of how much can the buyer agent actually negotiate? Because that's where they were at with it is why can't they change that amount if they don't think let's say that their friend gives, gets their license and they did all the shopping for, like they went out and looked at open houses. They found a house, their friend wrote a contract. Can, and, and let's just say hypothetically that the Cobra being offered is 10% or 50%, whatever yes, it is, right? A big, like, number. a big number. So they get 10%. Can I then take that 10% and decide I want to give 9% of it to the aid, to the, my client? Well, in, in most states you can't, like there's a, there's regulations and that's, I don't know that that's lending changed. regulations, right? Um, no, it's uh, the regulations in which I read was regulations that it, it are current agreements know. restrict the agent from rebating that I don't remember what it exactly. I don't know if it's rebating or they can't rebate or they can't reduce it. Yeah, I'd have like, to research like it. The, No, but the point of that is, is that there's even restrictions on. I don't know who it's protecting and I don't know yeah. what it is, but the, I was more of the nego the fact that the buyer can't like the listing agreement, the buyer can't negotiate that number at all. Unless they force a rebate or whatever, but they can't in, there's just not like every time I go for a listing, I have to negotiate the number. Right. You every to, single, you to, every single time. Yes. And you I have to establish your value. Every and then it has to match up with your you, fee, you can with your fee. And your value not, and your fee has to go together right. on one side of the transaction and not, not necessarily the on the right, other. Exactly. Like, and that's what's coming under fire. And my argument is and not to pick on my beautiful studio audience, but you could see by their, um, their arguments that they haven't had that discussion many times with... To justify, to justify how you get paid twenty two hundred dollars an hour to well, a buyer. Because there's actually, let's ask who on who in on uh, in the studio audience gets buyer broker agreements signed every time. And I'm gonna do a little filler while I'm watching for mute buttons to be unchecked, but I'm not seeing a lot of mute buttons being I, unchecked. I personally don't because I my think, broker. Thank you for speaking up. Yeah, my I, broker. That's actually, the impression I got from. Sorry, Carlos, real quick. That's the impression I got from everybody that didn't speak up right there is that you're not alone there. I don't, we don't either, but it's something that now we're talking about with our team as being something that is going to become well, I, like, let's practice now because it's going to become right. There's a, 
Well, it, because the thing is, is what happens as we're looking up at the clouds in the sky and the beautiful direction that this industry is going. That's something we're. Well, I'm just saying that wouldn't be surprised if it not in the across. current environment, but once we get to where selling houses is difficult again, that the sellers used to call us and ask us to justify what we're doing to go oh, on day 14, on day 34, on day yes 45, on day 66, on day 94. What are you doing today to sell my house? Right. Why Why some yes. people are like, I don't want to work with sellers. I just want to work with buyers because I don't have to oh, do that. All right. So then, Jeff, can't you make the same claim of your compensation argument on the sell side as well? Because if, it, if your house takes nine minutes to sell or if your house takes nine months to sell, do you negotiate a different price for your services? Actually, they don't. They don't I don't like know that we're allowed to talk about I don't know. It. That, I don't but know I don't, I don't think that they liked it because I thought that. I don't see that. I've I, never heard of that. I think, well, it's because we're not paid per hour. Right. Right. We're so paid per transaction. The, I mean, but it would, to me, yeah. it would make sense if you offered a uh, structure. I don't know that we're, uh, and, no, and but again, if you offered a structure, all theory talking. Yeah, right yeah, no, but if all you theory. offered a structure of, because it's funny because my argument for the seller would be, <clears throat> if it takes longer for your house to sell, I think you should pay me more money. If it's less, then I I don't know. Like in theory, it's it's just interesting how our how this system is set up. Well, and it's interesting tradition. now that we're getting yes. no no doubt traditions, but now that we're there's these lawsuits that are coming down that are playing uh, in the space. I think that it, my 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 conclusion, if you will, on this topic is I wouldn't be surprised if while we're in this business, which what how much how many more years you got in this business? I don't know, four. Four. <laughs> All right. So in, <laughs> I got a few more than four. Okay, uh, that's because the team isn't called I'm, the C uh, the Sexton team. I'm kidding. <laughs> I got another 15 to 20. Yeah. Exactly. I think that in 15 to 20 years, like the amount of things that we're going to see change is going to be I'm just, as impressive as the last 15 no, but, or 20 but, but, years. But, but this one is going to be monumental. And I feel like that we're on the precipice of it because it's clear. Adam, what's the chat? Uh, just some kind of back and forth. Uh, Michael Shimano said, on new builds, the buyers always see what the co-broke is with the registration. Oh, got it. Nice. True. Yeah. True. All right, I got to wrap this up. Thank you for well, another. Hold on, I want to at least articulate my you, my, please, my reasoning because I I would say what I used to say to buyers when I worked with them a lot is I would say, you know, it's tough because you're only judging me on the hours I'm working on your deal, but it's the hours that I have worked my entire like because I used to preview a lot. Mm. Right. And I used to I used to do a lot of work just to get better at my job. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the reason why I valued previewing is because it educated me on house values. It educated me on the, the what stuff was worth in the house. Like the you know, the word that when we talk to agents, they always say I, I go see at least 100 houses a month. They never say that. Uh, 90 houses a month. No, they don't say that. Do they say 80? No. OK. No. Right. My point is, is I now that, ask, have you ever used your lockbox key? Yeah, right. No, but the, the, but this is the point is, is that, you know, how can you be a house expert if you haven't been in, if you're not in the inventory, if you don't see the houses, but yeah. so I would, because but, I live in one Jeff, no, but I was, HGTV. That's how HGTV. Okay. But the point was, is that I would argue it's the hours that I am not working on that gave me the expertise to deliver you 
it in if they say, well, you're only like, so I'm going to say, are you sure you're going to get the same commission? Yeah, but you're discounting my, how hard I've worked over the years to make myself great for you for that moment. And it's why when players get to the NBA that they get millions of dollars because they put in the hours of dribbling when they were uh, five. five and six yeah. and seven and eight and nine and 10. And they work through the AAU cycle and why I think and why I'm pushing with Leopard, the legal lead of performing agents. Like we came out with the National Association of Teams. I think you guys heard about that is that. It, there should be some kind of training program that we put agents through before you get your license, that it shouldn't just be hours in a classroom. That's just ridiculous that it should be. You have to see a thousand houses and then you can see, then you can get a check. So at least that will help the arguments when they have to justify their commission rate of at least they've, they've, they've went through this process other than just, I took a 90-hour test, and now I get a check, and I make $22,000 an hour. I like where Leopard is going. Realestateleopard.com. Real right? We yeah. actually have a website up yeah, now. www.realestate. I think you guys know how to spell that. Then Leopard, L-E-O-P-A-R-D.com. We're looking for members out there. Just go there, sign up, but we're going to deliver value through um, – Join the fight. Join the fight, baby. We're going to – we're trying to raise the bar. We're trying to actually raise the bar. Have a good night. Thank you. Adios.